time for the E21 Go Sports Podcast. Now, here's your host, Easton Durant. Hi, welcome to E21 Go Sports. I'm Easton Durant. In today's episode, I'll be talking about Luka Doncic and his case for MVP, the Nets and their complicated start to the season, Zach Wheeler to the Phillies, and Ron Rivera getting fired. To start this off, Luka Doncic is making a really good case for MVP. He's a 20-year-old who has already played professional basketball in Europe for seven seasons, but in the two seasons that he's been in the NBA, he's already making a case that he is one of the best players this season and for future years to come. He has gotten both respect and admiration from NBA's best players, such as LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's had his best year so far, uh, averaging 30.7 points per game at 10.3 rebounds per game and 9.4 assists per game. He's almost he's really close to averaging a triple-double, which Russell Westbrook did at his prime. He's in the conversation, even though James Harden is averaging 38.4 points per game. Giannis is playing is playing very, very well, and he's still in the talks. Doncic is exactly what this league needs, a dominant player that plays for a small market team that doesn't have many stars that are both healthy and playing on a regular basis. Another thing that's good is that he's showing that European stars can come into the league and play well and shows that what he said earlier in the uh, earlier in his European career is kind of true that it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in Europe and the way that he plays is dominant and it feels like he can just throw up a number amount that he wants to score and end up obtaining it this is referencing when he played the Spurs he said that he wanted to score 16 points in the first quarter and he ended up scoring 17 yesterday he averaged he scored 33 points per game uh, 33 points I think it was and in 29 minutes, in only 29 minutes, he can score on demand. And the only players that we've seen this from are superstars like LeBron and James Harden. What makes Doncic even more fun to watch is that he's the uh, upbeat play style that he has. And it feels like he's smiling after every play and showing how easy it is for him to score and play at the superstar ability that he's been playing at. Another thing that it creates a Spurs Mavericks rivalry kind of because neither team has been really good at the same time but it's bad timing seeing that DeMar DeRozan is trade rumors and Kawhi Leonard recently left the Spurs. All in all Doncic is making basketball for a small market team like Dallas be good contenders for the playoffs with, with a young star seem easy. The Mavericks also um also beat the Lakers and that ruined their their 10 wi- 10 wins in a row they're 14 and 6 fourth seed in the west and they're competing with Lakers Clippers and Nuggets which are all teams that have been good for the past 3 uh, 3 years who've been playoff sorry playoff teams and have been playing well all season it just seems that Doncic throughout the year will just continue to be a MVP, an MVP player, and it seems that he keeps getting better and better over the weeks. 
So that's cool to see. And the Nets are starting to heat up. Spencer Dinwiddie is starting to show that he is a star in Kevin Durant's and Kyrie's absence. He has been the point guard that they have needed while Kyrie is out. In the last 10 games, he's averaged 23.4 points per game, 7.0 assists per game, and 2.6 rebounds per game, which means that he's the best player on the Nets in the last couple of games. The net, last week, the Nets were not performing that well, but now they're not that great, but they're stay, still able to be the seventh seed in the East. It seems as if they're playing like they're playing together and they're able to distribute the ball more to move up to 17th in the NBA in assists per game, which is higher than their opponent's assists per game by 5.8, by 5.8 assists. The only negative for the Nets is that they're averaging uh, 12, 12.5 uh, points per game this season, which is two down from November 19th. Now you're probably thinking it's been 10 days since that, then their average will go up and down throughout the season. And you're right about this. The Nets will be fine in this category. But one thing that may hurt them is that they're also allowing 112.5 points per game. The same amount they're scoring. This may be a warning sign for them. One thing that proves the opposite is, of this is that in their last six games, they're 5-1. and one, And that loss is versus one of the best teams in the East, which is Boston Celtics. And they didn't have Kyrie. The Nets have... N- really no stars right now and a team that and played a team that has multiple stars and all stars finally after a slow start to the season they're starting to get onto the place that they need in the season and starting to heat up which means that they're going to be able to roll their success and be able to get a higher seed in the playoffs now one thing i didn't like over the past couple uh games for the nets is that in their game versus the Miami Heat, is Dinwiddie kind of lost them their lost their role for them because they were playing great. They were up by seven at half. They were playing very well, and then Spencer Dinwiddie needed wanted uh, Coach Kenny Atkinson to challenge the foul call that he, that he was called upon. Which I mean, I don't know, but that was kind of an unneeded timeout that they didn't really need. It ended up the call ended up staying and it felt like it ruined the ended up ruining their role. And later it ended up hurting them because in the final seconds of the game, they didn't have that timeout that they needed. So Spencer Dinwiddie tried to do whatever he could just to be able to help and ended up chucking up a shot that didn't hit that wasn't able to hit where they could have ran a, better play where they are able to set up their shot and set up a good three to to start that to start that run. Also recently Zach Wheeler has joined the Phillies on a five year deal worth $118 million. Zach Wheeler and the Philadelphia Eagles are uh, sorry, Philadelphia Phillies are in an agreement on a five year $118 million contract. Wheeler turned down a larger offer that from the Chicago White Sox that was $120 million. Wheeler, who is 29 years old, was considered the prize of free agency class for teams in search of starting pitching that didn't want to compete in the 
very high bidding for Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. The steel, uh, the sorry, the Phillies who have a new manager, Joe Girardi, need rotation help, and Jake Arrieta is entering the final year of his contract with the club. Wheeler's name has come up at the deadline for the past few years, but the Mets have have held on to them, which I don't think was really good for them because I felt like they could have gotten a better player. They should have traded him this year, so that way they could get rid of him because I don't think he was going to re-sign with them. He's going to try and go to a better team and that try and go to any other better team than the Mets. And the right hand started to fulfill some promises that surrounded him before Tommy John surgery derailed his career in 2015. He has made 60 starts over the past two seasons, going 23-15 and 15 with a 3.65 ERA and 374 strikeouts in 377 and two-thirds innings. I wouldn't really worry about the record there. I would just worry a little bit about the ERA and the strikeouts because with a team like the Mets, if you play on a team like the Mets and you're a free agent, you can't really look at his losses and his ERA because that's accumulated by a good team. I mean, a bad team. He really has no offensive help, so he basically had to carry the load pitching and just hope that he had a he wouldn't give up a run because the Mets weren't able to take to get that back. In 2018, he bounced back with 29 starts and had career best in wins, 12, and an ERA 3.31, playing on a one-year $5.975 million deal in 2019. In 2019, Wheeler slipped to 11 wins and a 3.96 ERA, but had a career-high 195 strikeouts and ranked ninth in the National League with 195 at one-third innings pitched. Wheeler had the second-highest war on the Mets pitching staff behind Jacob deGrom last season. Uh, Wheeler is a he set a career high for fastball velocity in 2019, and he had a 29.4 strikeout rate on his four-seamer. He used his two-seamer more often, however, allowed a, two, uh, a .297 batting average to opposing hitters while accumulating a 17.2% strikeout rate. And for secondary pitches, Wheeler is armed with a very good curveball, 37% strikeout rate, but his slider, when he threw his slider, he had a 22.8 strikeout rate twice as often in 2019. Since entering the majors with the Mets in 2013, Wheeler is 44 and 38 with a 3.77 ERA and 72 strikeouts. Moving over, uh, Eli's Manning career with the the Giants isn't going to end with him sitting on the bench for the final 14 games of the season. According to coach Pat Shermer, he is very likely to start Monday night against the Eagles with rookie Daniel Jones dealing with a moderate high ankle sprain. Obviously we'll see what happens Monday. Uh, Eli Manning said after taking his first team snaps at practice, but business as usual in a sense to get the game plan, start prepping for Philly going against a good defense, but also a defense we faced a number of years. Know him well, just get back into the mix with the offensive line and receivers. Make sure the timing is where we, it needs to be. Jones, who played through the injury during Sunday's loss to the Green Bay 
Backers was in a boot and didn't practice Wednesday. Jones injured the ankle during a quarterback sneak on fourth down during the second quarter. He was seen wincing on the ground after a Packers player fell on his leg. He had the ankle checked and taped on the sideline before returning to the game, and he claimed to be, quote, fine on Monday before being said for an MRI as the discomfort persisted. Shermer compared uh, Jones' in- uh, injury to the high ankle sprain that sidelines Quan Barkley for th- three games over f- four weeks, though severe less. Sorry, less severe. The Giants, who are 2-10, and ten, have four games remaining, and Jones, who's played through a high ankle sprain last season at Duke, likes his chances to return. He said, quote, I think they're good. Every day since, I've been feeling better. I think it, sh- it should heal up pretty quickly. The rookie said he thought he would be practicing as soon as Wednesday. He said, quote, It was pretty disappointing, especially after thinking I was going to be able to play. You know, I understand it, and hopefully it would heal up pretty quick. Jones, who uh, inherited Manning as the Giants starter after, sorry, sorry, overpassed Manning as the Giants starter after two games, has thrown 18 touchdown passes with 11 interceptions and 10 lost fumbles this season. This could have been the week that the first round pick finally had all his weapons available, as there's a realistic chance a tight end, Evan Ingram, and Golden Tate will return on Monday night. Manning returns to the lineup with the Giants on an eight-game losing streak. It'll be their first since mid-September. It will be his first start since mid-September after being the team starter for the p- better part of 15 seasons. Manning, whose last victory as a starter came exactly one year to the date of Monday's game, completed 63% of his passes this season with two t- touchdowns and two interceptions. After spending the past 12 weeks in an unfamiliar position as the backup, Manning said the hardest part for him was simply not playing in games. He said, quote, Miss being part of the action and practicing and all of that, who worked uh, without almost primarily as the scout team quarterback, but it felt good to be out there today and throw it around and compete a little, and compete a little bit. Manning, who's 38, is in the final year of his contract. His future with the Giants and the NFL is up in the air for the first time since being the number one overall pick in the 2004 draft. But he wasn't ready to say whether he intends for these final four games to be the last of his career or if he wants to play elsewhere if this, his time with the Giants is indeed over. He said, quote, just take it one week at a time. You never want to make decisions about the future while you're living in the present and don't know the circumstances of what can happen. You just have to go out there and try to get a win for the Giants. If I'm asked to do that, I'll analyze everything else after the season. Moving on, there's big news in Carolina after owner Dave David Tepper began to contemplate firing coach Ron Rivera a few weeks ago after a home loss to Alabama uh, to Atlanta followed a te- by a team meeting with reporters in which he said long-term mediocrity won't, wouldn't be tolerated. On Tuesday, two days after a 29-21 home loss to two-win Washington team, which extended Carolina's losing streak to four, he pulled the trigger and fired him. He said, quote, There's a point where you have to try to elevate a whole organization, and without shaking the trees, you can't get any apples. 
Tapper said the decision to fire Rivera now instead of letting the organization's winningest coach and two-time NFL Coach of the Year finish the season was made so that Tepper could move forward without finding a replacement without going behind Rivera's back. He said, quote, I thought it was time. Why specifically now is I was informed of other teams doing different types of searches out there. I'm not going to start a search, not tell Ron Rivera. I'm starting a search. Too good of a man. Rivera told the team's website on Tuesday night that his time with Carolina were great years. We did a lot, the people. We brought in the good men, good coaches. We did it the right way, he said. Tepper Wolves use a search committee to find the next coach. He didn't make he didn't rule out college coach, but he appears focused on a young offensive-minded NFL coordinator who is willing to use analytics in a way Rivera never would. That could open the door for somebody such as Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman, who's 47, who's an offensive line assistant with Carolina from 1995 to 2001. Roman, behind the MVP caliber play of dual-threat quarterback Lamar Jackson, has the number one offense in the league. This is the this is a modern NFL. There is a, pre- a preference for defensive coordinators. That does not... Oh, sorry, offensive coordinators. That does not mean if you find somebody fantastic on the defensive side, I won't consider it. The NFL has made rules to lean to the offense. That's that's why you have more people going that way. Tepper ma- ma- named uh, secondary coach Perry Fowl as his interim head coach. This leads to the question of what will happen with Cam Newton because Kyle Allen lost the game for them against Atlanta. He ran back fourth in goal and he started running backwards. He fumbled it and had a very big loss of yards on that play. Cam Newton was the first player that Ron Rivera drafted as coach, which means are they going to start re- are they going to start to get rid of Cam Newton because trying to get rid of the Ron Rivera age? I mean, if you can get a better quarterback than Kyle Allen, then yes, I think it is time to do that. Because Cam Newton has not been playing that well. Kyle Allen has not been playing that well. Besides, he kind of he helped them a little bit while Newton was out, but other than that, not been playing that well. If you could try and get a good quarterback in this year's draft, aka Justin Herbert or Tua or Jalen Hurts, just any young quarterback, that would be the play because Cam Newton is hurt. He is not a quarterback that can really get well from an injury because he's a he's a running quarterback and it's a little bit hard to keep them in the league for that long if they're basically a running back that can throw. So yes, if if Justin Herbert, Tua or Jalen Hurts are on the in their availability in the draft, I would pull the trigger and get any of those. Because any of those are better than Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. I just think that they just have to get rid of Cam Newton. I mean, he's played a little bit well. I thought 2015 
2014-2013 were his prime years, but I don't know. Hopefully, I'm proven wrong with this, and he's able to come back and play well, but I just don't see it. Well, thank you for listening to E21Go Sports. I'm Easton Durant. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at E21Go Sports and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at E21Go Sports. Thank you. You've been listening to the E21Go Sports Podcast, a production of Cogger Podcast Network.